kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so it's my joy uh, and my privilege to uh, introduce uh, Millie Cash uh, to come and um, be our guest speaker and to preach uh, God's word this morning. I was just chatting with her just before this. I'm like, hey, when you came last time, were we moved into the space yet or were we still downstairs? And she was like, it was online. I'm like, wow. Uh, through the pandemic, my mind is just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a sense of time anymore. Uh, everything before the pandemic seems to be lost. And my time is just, you know, one day uh, at a time. But M Millie, uh, she uh, just got married uh, this year to Evan, who's here as well. Uh, let's give a round of, yeah, let's clap, yeah. Uh, this, this year, this April. So she's formerly Millie Lee. So you're like, hey, who's Millie Cash? Well, she got married uh, this year as in April. And she's currently serving up at SFU as a campus, campus ministry pastor uh, with uh, campus, <laughs> a campus ministry pastor uh, with University Christian Ministries. And I'm sure she'll have some stories to share. Uh, she has a great heart for students. Uh, she, reading through her bio, just knowing that the campus can be a lonely place. So she, her aim is really to build a, uh, have a sense of presence and to be with uh, God's people there and to minister to them there through small groups, Alpha, and just different kinds of uh, ministries. Uh, so I wanna welcome up uh, uh, Millie at this time. Let's give a very warm LLC welcome. hope this is on. Yes, it is on. Nice. So I just have to get ready with different technology things. Hello. And yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for supporting me and praying for my ministry at SFU. And also, uh, thank you for having me today, finally, in person. It's so good to meet you all in person. Um, yeah, and what a privilege to start the FN season with you all. Um, yeah, like Pastor Doug said when um, he's doing the scripture reading for events, and the word event means the arrival or the coming. Um, it is a time when we wait expectantly. Um, yeah, we, we, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, what God has already done, while we anticipate Jesus' return um, as the king on this earth, what God will do. Um, but this waiting is an active waiting, um, like expecting a baby, right? Like this waiting involves preparation, involves prayer, work. Um, and we're in this world pregnant with hope, 
And we live in the expectation of the coming of God's kingdom here on earth. Um, so today, um, yeah, like we're going to read from, or we already read, I guess, from the Gospel of Matthew, um, where Jesus t- um, tells a parable about um, the preparation for God's kingdom. Um, if you guys can open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 25, if you haven't already. Um, Yeah, the passage is from Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 to 13. Let me pray before we dive right into it. Dear God, thank you so much for today, and thank you that, um, yeah, I have this opportunity to speak um, to Lord's Love Church. God, I just pray that, um, yeah, you would... Um, prepare our hearts for um, the message that you have for us today and um, open our eyes and ears to what you're speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So by looking at the three truths being told in this parable, um, we can remain hopeful when anticipating Jesus' return. Oh, whoops, what did I do? Okay, there we go. <laughs> I feel like just, like, I don't know, shoot out some laser beam somewhere. Um, So first, we are to seek wisdom. Um, Jesus starts the parable by contrasting the wise virgins and the foolish ones. These 10 virgins are actually the bridesmaids at the wedding. Their job is a little bit different from today, from what we're used to. Um, So in the Palestinian culture, the wedding feast happens at night after a day of dancing. The bridesmaids would leave the bride and go out um, to meet the groom with torches at night. And then they accompany him back to his bride. So in the parable, however, the groom is late. Well, delay actually happens quite often at weddings. I wasn't late, though, for mine. Um, (laughs) I remember my first time being the day of coordinator for my friend's wedding. And the bride was two hours late. She was not even there when the ceremony was supposed to start. Like, I was like freaking out. Um, like, I was so stressed, just like, you know, pacing back and forth at the door of the church. Um, however, the pastor who was officiating the wedding, because she's so experienced, right? And then she was just so chill. She's like, yeah, like, relax. The brides are always late. I'm like, even though like I have since adjusted, you know, my expectations, that was probably the last time I would be the day of coordinator at a wedding. Like my heart just cannot deal with that kind of stress. So unlike unlike me, not expecting the delay of the bride, um, the wise bridesmaids here in the parable, they're really prepared for the delay of the groom. They have taken extra oil for the lambs. In contrast, the foolish bridesmaids are not prepared for the unexpected. Jesus kind of sets the stage for the trouble that these bridesmaids will face later on. Wisdom is highly valued in Christian faith. Um, There are quite a few books in the Bible that talk about wisdom, right? The very obvious one would be Proverbs, and there are also Psalms, Ecclesiastes, um, Job, and Song of Songs. This shows us that our faith is meant to be lived out practically. And thankfully, wisdom is not like, you know, cleverness, not something that you're born with. Wisdom is a gift from God 
that you can ask for. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. A great example is Solomon. When he became king over Israel, God told him to ask for whatever he wants. Solomon then asked for a discerning heart to govern God's people and to distinguish between right and wrong. And God answered Solomon's prayer by giving him wisdom and very great insight and a breath of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. In fact, two or maybe even three of the wisdom books that I just mentioned in the Bible were written by him, Solomon. So as I was writing this part of the sermon, I like a weird childhood memory came to me. So I was watching this commercial um, for some kind of like skincare product or something. And then their selling point was that the wise King Solomon gave this same Dead Sea much to the Queen of Sheba. Like probably a biblical, maybe borderline heretic, not sure what that was about. But as a weird unchurched kid, I somehow didn't want like queen, the Queen of Sheba's smooth skin. I remember vividly, I wanted to have the wisdom that Solomon had Super weird. Um, I think God somehow heard my prayer um, back then. As Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So my journey to becoming a Christian later on, fearing and knowing God, is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom allows you to act in ways that honor God and others out of love. Jesus wants us to seek him for his wisdom as we are waiting for his return. In the trials of this broken world, um, we may be tempted to put ourselves first. The Holy Spirit speaks to and teaches us the wisdom to obey God and love others despite our circumstances. Christians, therefore, need to be able to recognize his voice So at the beginning of this month, um, UCM, we had our admissions week. Um, Students were sent out two by two, um, talking to strangers on campus about Jesus and the gospel. We also had a table, as you can see um, in this picture. It's kind of hard to take pictures when people are just um, having conversation on campus. Um, So yeah, it it can be pretty intimidating, as you can imagine, right? Because you don't know what the other person is going to say or how they would react. Maybe they would get angry and like, I don't know, yell at you or something. Um, But this experience helps uh, students to become more sensitive um, to to God's voice in their day-to-day life. Um, If, you know, when they get to have like a conversation with their friends and family about the Gospels, then they would know um, how to like listen to the Spirit's wisdom as they're having those kind of spontaneous conversations. So recognizing God's voice requires a personal relationship with him. This brings us to the second truth told in this parable. We are responsible for our faith. In the parable, Jesus includes the foolish bridesmaids' responses when they find out that they have not brought enough oil. The bridesmaids do not only need the lamb 
the lambs for waiting in the dark, right? But also for lighting up the way um, during the procession um, to the groom's house. So without the lambs, they cannot fulfill their role as bridesmaids. When the groom finally shows up at midnight, the bridesmaids' lambs are going out. The foolish bridesmaids know they are in trouble, so they ask the wise ones to share their oil with them. The wise bridesmaids, however, say no and tell them to buy some oil for themselves. Like these bridesmaids, they're, they're not being selfish. They know that if they had shared, then none of them would have enough oil to finish the procession, and then the whole wedding would be ruined. They take their responsibilities as bridesmaids very seriously out of their love for the couple. And similarly, out of our love for Jesus, for God, we must take the responsibility of nurturing our relationship with him seriously. You know, pastor can teach you all kinds of ways to grow in your relationship with Jesus every week, but he can never like, you know, physically drag you closer to Jesus. He probably wish he, he could um, because he loves you, right? Yeah, but the truth is, is that he can't, he can do that. Like, like to think about it this way, kind of like in romantic relationships, right? So your friends around you can tell you and teach you what to do in pursuing someone. And they can be like, hey, I heard that she loves bubble tea. Maybe ask her out for bubble tea. And everyone's like, yeah, do it. <laughs> but then if you never actually ask her out, then, you know, the relationship won't go anywhere. And the good news is that Jesus is not hard to get. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. If we take the time to seek him and get to know him every day, he will reciprocate by revealing himself to us and staying close to us. In campus ministry, um, many of the young adults grew up in the church, and some of them are actually still at this stage of making their faith their own not just their parents. Um, they're so used to this you know, church lifestyle, right? And going to church, uh, serving on Sundays, and reading the Bible and praying during the week, joining up a Bible uh, study small group and all that. So when they're, like, they, they even go to Christian school, so they're pretty sheltered in that way. So when they enter university, they are challenged to make different choices from their um, classmates, and even, admitting that they are Christian can be a major step for some of them. The UCM community is not just another Christian bubble, you know, to shelter them from the outside world. Um, we actually, like, want to equip them to be in the world but not off the world. Like, you may expect the temptation uh, of, like, of partying, uh, drinking, would be, like, what the students in UCM would struggle. Um, but actually, the real culprit is academics. The stress and anxiety from school are making students putting off um, seeking God in their day-to-day -day life. Time management and Sabbaths are very, very common topics in our one-on-one -on -one discipleship meetings. But as students um, choose to follow Jesus, they will realize that they actually don't have to choose between 
their faith and school. When they take time to find rest in and be re-energized by God, the time they spend studying become more productive. And through making choices like that, um, yeah, they learn to be responsible for their own faith. In the church, we are like, you know, often tempted by over-reliance on our pastors, on our leaders. You may have heard people talk about whether they are being fed enough um, at church, you know, when they're describing the quality of the sermons. Um, they have in mind this imagery of a shepherd feeding the sheep, kind of like this, hand feeding. But the truth is actually more like this. Um, the shepherd takes the flock out um, to a field and just let, lets them eat. And we cannot just like, you know, stand there in the middle of the field and be like, I'm starving. <laughs> Our pastor only gets around 25 to 30 minutes, right, to teach us the truth every Sunday. Um, if, I, like, if we do not seek God intentionally throughout the week, our distant relationship with God is our own doing. We cannot logically blame our parents or our pastors um, if Jesus says that he does not know us when he returns. If you realize you have been putting off drawing close to Jesus, his delayed in return can actually bring hope to you. That means now, now is the time to change how you live. So do not procrastinate. And this brings us to the last truth that is being told in this parable. Jesus will return unexpectedly. The groom arrives when the foolish bridesmaids are off buying oil for their lamps. They thought they had more time. And they actually had, like, they actually kind of had a chance to correct their mistake of being unprepared, right? Like, they definitely see the wise bridesmaids bringing extra oil but then somehow they haven't thought of getting oil, like more oil right away. Instead, they fall asleep when waiting. If they had paid attention, if they had been more intentional, they could have gone to buy oil during that time. The unexpected delay of the groom would have worked in their favor. Sadly, when these bridesmaids are back from buying oil, the door to the wedding banquet is already shut. They're too late, and the groom refuses to open the door for them. Jesus ends the parable with a warning for his followers to keep watch. We must be prepared for the coming of God's kingdom. In the chapter before today's passage, Jesus explains that even he himself does not know when he will come again. Only God the Father knows. The truth that we do not know when he will come again cannot be an excuse for us to be unprepared. A theologian kind of understood the, the oil in the parable as grace. He commented that those who are foolish see their need for grace only when it will save them in the future, but not when it sanctifies and rules them in the present. What he meant is that 
We are foolish if we see the grace from God only as a lifeboat to eternal life. We are missing out on the abundant life that God wants us to have here and now. Instead of letting God mold us to be more like him, we may still be living for our own desire or ambitions. We are then taking the delay of God's return for granted and thinking that we, we may still have some time before seeing him face to face. But why are we procrastinating in foolishness? We can live in an intentional and intimate relationship with God before Jesus returns physically on this earth. Having this relationship now makes it like the day of Jesus' return even more precious. A great example of someone who lived in hopeful anticipation in the Bible is Simeon. We find his story in Luke chapter two. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon had a close relationship with God. He was righteous and devout, meaning that he follows God's commands to love him and love others. He knew the scripture as well, holding on to the prophecy, the promise, that God would comfort Israel one day after all the judgments that they had faced. But what really stood out to me in his story um, is, that, like, is his dynamic interaction with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit told him that he would see the Messiah before his death. So then he followed the Spirit's prompting and went to the temple on the exact day that the child Jesus and his parents were there. And Simeon was content with just meeting the child Jesus because he trusted the Lord God to bring about the salvation of all nations. Despite not seeing the fulfillment of the promised salvation, his tremendous faith allows him to be hopeful for the future of humanity. As God's people who are waiting for Jesus' return, we can remain hopeful in the uncertainties by nurturing our relationship with God here and now. Through talking to and listening to the Holy Spirit, we can gain wisdom in following God in our daily life. Perhaps um, the reason why you are putting off drawing close to God, drawing close to Jesus, is that you don't know whether God speaks to you. And trust me, he does. Um, you can even ask him you know, to help you be more sensitive to his voice. Um, one of the student leaders in UCM told me at the beginning of this year um, that 
She didn't think God speaks to her um, other than through the Bible, his written word. At that time, honestly, the only thing that I knew to do was to pray with her so that she could, you know, recognize God's voice. And then fast forward to this semester, she has been leading prayer meetings every week with a different topic that God speaks to her about. So then like, I asked her, like, like, what happened? What happened? Like, like what she has done differently? And she, she was just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, very typical university student answer. Um, like, the only explanation, I think, to this is that God answered our prayer um, because he loves her and wants to communicate with her. The same can happen to you too, because God loves you. He wants to have a dynamic relationship with you. Now, not, when he come, not just when he comes back. And you don't have to wait until his return. Many people have tried to speculate when Jesus is going to um, come back again. But like the only thing that we know for sure is that we're getting closer and closer to that day. So time is running out. But let me encourage you to start nurturing your relationship with God today. And, it, and that will make you look forward to his return even more. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much. Um, yeah, for just who you are, and I, we thank you that um, you are going to return, you're going to come back um, on this earth and rule it again. And God, I, I, I pray that um, as we are waiting for you to come back again, and as we're being reminded um, of your coming um, in this Advent season, Lord, I just pray that it would help us to draw close to you, God. And for those of us here today who may think that, you know, you don't speak to us or we can't hear you, God, I pray that you would help us to be sensitive to your voice and to be able to recognize your voice in our day-to-day -day life. Lord, um, we know that you love us and we are thankful for that. Um, and God, I, I just pray that for all of us, um, yeah, you will kind of reignite this fire um, for us to kind of develop and as, like deepen our relationship with you um, as we are waiting for you to come back again. In Jesus' name, amen.